He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin, today joined by, um, again, now officially a friend of the show, Jovan Buha of The Athletic. He covers the Lakers. He's on that beat. Um, he hasn't had a normal season, I think, on the beat, right? Like, it's just, he's shown up, and it's just been nonstop tomfoolery, essentially, <laughs> from, from, from my recollection. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I bring the drama wherever I go now. Uh, it's, <laughs> With yeah, the Clippers I, I had, before. And... It's, it's been all the, the three seasons post-championship, and, and neither, <laughs> none of them have been normal. Yeah, well, even the, the, the championship season was, was by no means normal either. So, like, I don't know if we can necessarily blame you for this. I think you're off the hook. I think, I think it's just a Lakers thing. <laughs> I think it's it's mostly a Lakers thing. Um, today on the show, we are going to talk about Anthony Davis's injury and the lack of information that we've gotten about it. Um, we have to talk about uh, what AD's injury has done to the Lakers, the, the possibility that they make a trade. Um, the last time you were on the show, you said something that you know raised an, an immediate red flag for me in that you know if the, the Lakers you know, they had a doomsday scenario in mind at the beginning of the season, apparently, that if they were so bad, they would potentially not make a trade. Um, I hadn't thought of that to that point. So on one hand, I will have a question here in a second, but on the set, you know, just to, to, I really need to make this point. Thanks for crushing my world. Like, (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't at all prepared to hear that. Usually I have, a a follow-up on that in the moment but then you you said it and i was like no way and then i i thought about it I was like oh my god that makes total sense and it kind of sort of came to fruition so um how close do you think the lakers got to reaching that doomsday scenario here in terms of not making a deal yeah like it, it's because they start out the season what like two and nine and they look pretty hapless and you know, there was there was a lot of conversation, um, whether, you know, an analysis or leaking from from people close to the Lakers that, you know, maybe this is just too far gone already. Um, did they do you, from what you know, did they reach that point or did they, you know, before AD's injury or, or do you think that um, AD's injury has pushed them closer to that brink? I, I think AD's injury has pushed them closer to that brink. Um, you know, I, I do think they, they expected a slow start just looking at the schedule, but the I think, I, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I, I think, I think they chalked a, a lot of that up to shot luck and, you know, the, the team, which is that historically poor start to the season for, from a shooting perspective. And, um, even guys who like were league average-ish shooters yeah. from an open shot perspective, like shooting, mm-hmm. you know. 18, 20% or, or whatever they were shooting at, at various times to start the year. So I think they, they felt like there were a lot of factors that went against them in, in that two and 10 start. Uh, and I think they were kind of proven right w- with the way that the team has turned things around recently. Uh, I mean, they're, they're 11 and, and seven since then, obviously mm-hmm. have, you know, a, a couple of those losses where they just rested guys. 
Um, so, you know, when the team has been relatively whole, I think there's something like 11 and four, 11 and five. So uh, again, you know, that has come against a relatively easy schedule. So it's not like, um, yeah. you know, they, they've beaten, you know, a bunch of elite teams during that stretch. But I think the Milwaukee win stands out as the win of the year, uh, you know, almost beat Philly and Boston. So like th- this team, I think has shown that they're, they're much better than that two and 10 start. And, and there's a level of competence there that I think, you know, wasn't there, I, I guess, to start the season. But the 80 injury is really interesting because, you know, we, we're now talking uh, Wednesday afternoon and there has not been an official Nothing. announcement of <laughs> yeah. the injury, the the, the timeline, uh, the athletics. Sham Sharania reported that he's going to be out, you know, at least a month. And, and, you know, I think looking at the schedule, the Lakers could probably survive that. I, I was kind of pegging it as maybe six and nine over over that month stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of from this point on, you know, they've already obviously played a couple games without him. Uh, but you know, six and nine, seven and eight, like I think that's possible. Um, and you know, I, that's not ideal when, when you're already 13 and 17 and, and 12th in the West, but that doesn't kill your season. You, you still have a shot to be in the play and mix. If AD gets right, you, you make a, a good trade, improve the roster, and uh, I, I think you know, you can kind of survive that. But Obviously, if the Lakers go something like you know three and twelve or or you know four and eleven or, or you know two and thirteen, like your, your season's kind of over at that point, yeah. uh, regardless of when AD comes back or wh- whatever move you make. Uh, but I, I think AD's trade kind of pushes them more towards that. Um, you know, for, from injury. my understand, injury yeah. that would be that would be pretty. Sorry, big sorry, news. sorry, not AD. <laughs> uh, the, the, the AD injury pushes them away f- from a trade. I think um, you know, from my understanding. I think a rust trade is probably off the table at this point. Uh, you know, I, I think the the one exception would be like in, in most scenarios, they would have to attach two picks, you know, the 2027, 2029 to trade Russell Westbrook. I think at this point, the only way they would do that, uh, you know, trade him would be one pick or no picks. And I, yeah. at this point, that's just not out there. So maybe closer to the February 9th trade deadline. Uh, you know, a, a team gets desperate to, to shed some salary, a, a team's looking to rebuild or, or reset or whatever, and something pops up where they're like, okay, we'll take Russ and we only want one pick or, you know, one pick in a couple seconds or, or whatever. And like in that scenario, I, I think the Lakers would do it. But, you know, as of now, I, I think they're viewing it as like, there's just isn't a trade out there that really makes sense to trade, you know, and, and attach two first round picks for. Uh, so, you know, the thing I've been on the, the last few weeks and, um, you know, continue to hear seems to be the most likely thing is, is some version of a Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, and a first, likely a protected first uh, for a a wing or mm-hmm. a front court upgrade that, you know, a player that can start or, or close games, you know, play well next to LeBron and AD and, and kind of fill that void that the team has had and, and that's caused them to play so many three-guard lineups. So, uh, I think kind of consolidating you know, solves the starting issue because, as we know, the, the Dennis Pat backcourt has just not been working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, fixes the starting lineup. Also, you know, adds in a, a player at a position of need. So, I think that's the most realistic thing. But, but even that, I think the Lakers are really going to be cautious with even trading an unprotected first round pick. Like, I think for them, it's kind of protection or bust probably at, at this point. So, I, it's. I think if anything, if anything, they're going to be more conservative now following the AD trade. I, I, I don't think a trade is off the table. I keep saying AD trade, AD injury. Um, yeah. I don't think a trade's off the table, but I, I do think that for them, the calculus of, of maybe getting a little bit more risky 
that, you know, they're going to be conservative with it just because if AD is out longer, because again, we don't know the, the full timeline yet, um, you know, that, that potentially ends your season right there. And, and you yeah. know, at that point, like what, what, what's the point of making a fringe upgrade if, if AD is out two, three months or, or season ending, right? Like, and, and again, we don't know yet. Um, you know, there, there really is no point to make a trade. So I think it's going to depend first and foremost on the severity of, of AD's injury once that is officially diagnosed and, and announced and released. And then from there, it's going to come down to what teams are selling, what are, what are the asking prices for certain players, and um, if the Lakers can get away with just offering a, a first that's probably going to be lottery protected, top five protected, something like that. Uh, a lot to unpack there. I want to start with the AD injury. Um, now, I, I don't want to make it sound as if like Clutch is some outlier here because they aren't. Um, a lot of the league stars really keeps a a a tight grip they play their injury news and information very close to the vest and um in this regard though you know we are what three almost half half a week removed from from or maybe almost going well, on a week almost almost a week it yeah friday we're, we're now on wednesday so five so days. yeah going going on a week from 80s injury um he's not wearing a walking boot he's traveling with the team and not wearing a walking boot could obviously be a, a, a place where people could be optimistic from. But the other side of it, though, is that they keep, they're apparently looking for second, and according to Dave McMenamin just now, third opinions on, on what his injury entails, which usually, like, if you like the information that you get, you tend to stop with the first opinion. That's usually how that goes. Um, and, and now that they've, you know, they had their first opinion, they, they are looking at a second opinion. And apparently if they're looking for a third opinion, it's probably not great news. And, um, I'm not, I'm not expecting you to break the, the, the news here, um, on, on AD's actual injury or whatever, but, but the actual process of getting the information out there or finding out the injury itself like what is going on there? Are you getting any sense of of pessimism or optimism for for whether he actually is going to miss just the month or if that might extend beyond it? Because from what I've heard right now, it's mostly pessimism, but it's very it's it's incredibly vague pe- pessimism. That, that's that's the extent of what I've gotten. Yeah, the, the, there's a vagueness to it that that is pretty surprising for an injury of that magnitude and, and, and with a star of that magnitude and, and just with how long it's been, you know, usually something comes out w- within the first day or two yeah. uh, with, with this type of situation. I mean, I was talking to a couple of people with the team yesterday and, and they like, I mean, unless they're just straight up lying to me, like the, there's just a sense of like, no, like no one knows the severity of it r- right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're keeping it. It's very much in inside an inner circle and, you know, very tight lipped right now. And um, I, I do think, you know, kind of to your point, like you're getting a second and third opinion. It's obviously not great news. Uh, so, you know, my guess, and, and this is not, you know, any reporting mm-hmm. pure speculation here, but um, you know, my guess would be, it, it is going to be longer than a month. And yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think even going back in my, you know, my, my three seasons covering this team now, like it feels like every time AD has an injury, it's always like, four to six weeks and then he ends up yeah. missing like six to eight weeks or something. It's it's usually on the longer end for AD with whatever the timeline is. 
uh, he, he rarely comes back on the shorter end of that. So, yeah. um, you know, my guess right now would, would be something like four to six weeks with it probably approaching more of like six to eight weeks. But, it, it you know, it could be longer. I, I would not be shocked by that, especially with the way that they haven't announced anything and are continuing to seek outside opinions. So um, I, I, mean, I think uh, for, for further information on that or for further background, I think context is important here. The Lakers and Clutch last year made it seem as if Kendrick Nunn was day to day for the entirety of a season. <laughs> he was I mean, he, he was he was day to day and then he was week to week and then it was and then the season ended. And it's like, well, maybe they're, we'll see him next year. So that's not gonna be able to, they're not gonna get away with that with AD. Uh, you know. <laughs> I don't think so either. But but I you know I I guess I wouldn't pass the attempt. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put the <laughs> attempt past them at this point. Is is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I I think like th there's certain advantages to not ha like you know we we see it in in football where uh you know teams uh you know I I play fantasy football and it, it's mm -hmm. been uh been frustrating to to be a uh, you know to have T Higgins on your team one yeah. twice this season he was listed as healthy and, and then plays like like one game was like ten snaps one game was was yeah. one snap and, and then you know is afterward you find out well he was actually injured and we just basically didn't want to tell anybody whoops and, and like so i think there's yeah. a competitive element to it um and i think for the lakers too like i'm sure it's gonna have some impact on their trade negotiations where i think you know if, if ad is out for you know two months three months whatever like that that does kind of impact potentially the, their leverage in terms of teams knowing yeah. that there's kind of a desperation there of like Especially you, you if know, you're trading for a center. Yeah, like you know, if, if, if you're, you're trading for a center, they're like, you need one. So cough up the extra the extra protection that you're thinking about. No. <laughs> exactly. Like, you, you know, you want to give us a, a first round pick for Miles Turner? Well, we're going to demand two first round picks for Miles Turner because yeah. you need Miles Turner, right? So um, I think that that's like the one thing with, with this that, um, you know, and, and I also think for, for the Lakers, like I, I'm sure that there's an element of like, if it is something more serious, like, and, and you are potentially determining the, the future of the season and, and whether you want to make a move or not, like you want to get that second and third opinion to really be sure, like, okay, 80s out for X amount of time. And like now that might change, you know, the, the, the path forward. So mm -hmm. I, I think, I, I think it's fine to do your due diligence. Um, I, I do think it's kind of funny that it has been five days and, and nothing has come out, but I also think like on a more serious note, like it probably is a more pessimistic situation and like yeah. they are trying to really be sure, okay, it's this and he's going to be out this amount of time. And like now we have to adjust and, and move forward. Yeah. Uh, have you sensed any regret from the Lakers that they didn't make the healed and Turner trade before the season? Um, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if over the course of the season, and this is something that I've been trying to kind of dig at, is whether Turner specifically, his trade value has actually gone up, right? If he was available, if he and, if he and Heald were available for two picks at the beginning of the season, I, I he's played well enough, especially if he's talking about potential extension talks here with Indiana. Um, he's played well enough to be worth two firsts on his own. And... You know, the Lakers decide not to make that trade. They wanted to wait 20 games to see how things would go in Washington, how things would go in Chicago, how things would go elsewhere in the league, in Utah. Um, and 
you know, things didn't go exactly how they planned. And now they sit here with a potentially long-term injured Anthony Davis and not enough kind of foundational structural, uh, you know, tools to, to, to get through that injury potentially. Have you sensed that they kind of, if they had it to do again, they would have made the trade at the beginning of the season? No, um, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I'm on record saying I think they should have done it. I, I think it, yeah. it made a lot of sense. And I think with the type of season that, that Miles Turner has had and just with the, the level, I mean, I think the, the Lakers shooting for his bat, like when I, when they made all their free agency signings, like you can go back on the athletic and, and read my kind of write up of, of the recap of everything. I said on paper, this is the worst shooting team in the league right now. Yeah. Like, and, and, <laughs> yeah. Um, and even that was like, kind of optimistic with, with the way the season started. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, I think with the way things have played out, like, yeah, but I think for, for them that, you know, I think the, the way that they're trying to operate moving forward and, and with some of the, I would say, I, I don't know if I'd say mistakes, but, but maybe mistakes that have been made in, in the last I'll couple of years. I'll sure. say mistakes. I'll say it for you. <laughs> in, the, in the last couple of years, I, I think they're, they're, a big thing for them is, is, is being on the same page and everyone kind of being in lockstep with, you know, we, we all agree on decision X and it's mm. not just like this person, uh, you know, th wants decision X and they have the loudest voice in the room or, or they have the most power in the room and we're going to, we're going to roll with that, but not everyone's on board, you know? And, and I think ultimately there, there was a divide on the miles Turner, buddy healed uh, offer and, and whether that was worth it and whether that would elevate them to contender status you know, that's really been kind of the, their prism for a lot of these moves is like, you know, maybe for a smaller move trading Kendrick or Pat, that there's low downside there uh, and you don't need to make a move necessarily that, that makes you a contender. But if we're, we're attaching Russ and in, in, in two first round picks, like that better make us a contender or, or like really close to that level. And I think there, there was a divide there in, in terms of how they, they viewed that. Um, and, you know, so I, I think, from that perspective, I, I don't think they they necessarily re regret it. Um, I, I think it has looked obviously the, the way it's played out on both sides. Like they should have done that, but yeah, I, I think that there just wasn't a consensus. And I, I think you know for for them, the way they want to operate right now, like there has to be a consensus on on what they're doing. And um, you know, as they evaluate potential trades uh, ahead of the trade deadline, like that that's going to be the, the way they're moving. Is just you know, can we all get on the same page with this move? Is it, uh, you know, if it's a star, is it a star that can grow with AD for the next like three to five years? Uh, can it be a foundational piece? You know, like why is this team looking to get rid of this guy? Is it injury history? Is it contract? Like, you know, is it fit? Like, what is it? Uh, and then if it's a smaller trade, like, is this a person that could grow with the core? Is this a person we have to resign this summer? Because that, that was the other thing with Miles is like, Miles is going to get paid. He, he was going to get yeah. paid before this performance. Now he's going to get paid a lot. And if you're the Lakers, realistically, if you make that trade, you're essentially locking in your core as Miles, LeBron, and AD. And mm -hmm. I think that that's fine. But th there are some people that you know didn't love that idea. There are some people that you know think AD's just a five. And like I think AD and Miles Turner could fit. I think that Miles Me Turner too. complements basically everything AD does and, and doesn't take away from it really. But there are people who disagree with that, and uh, you know that that's kind of the way they view it. So I think for them, th there was a lot of potential downside there of of Miles walking or it just not being a contract that they love long term. And like um, 
you know, so never say never with that trade, but I, I do think, you know, that ship has probably sailed and, yeah. um, you know, I, I think at this point it's, it, it's probably looking at other options. You mentioned that a Russell Westbrook trade is probably off of the table. Um, people listening might have seen red when you saw that, when you, when you said that. <laughs> and, um, I just want to, I, I, is that, is that a, um, result of the way that he's played coming off of the bench or is that like, which does, which would you say it has more to do with his play coming off of the bench or the incoming offers? Because if it's his play off of the bench, like, yeah, he's better than last year, but he's still one of the least efficient players in the league. You can't really afford to have $47 million coming off of your bench and not necessarily closing games. Um, we saw his brother the other night, which I, I thought was funny that it was a story that uh, Ray Westbrook was, you know, tweeted out LOL after a game that uh, Russ didn't see the, the, the court in the fourth quarter, to which I would say, yeah, usually <laughs> immediate family aren't aren't normally thrilled with their with their brother being benched for the entirety of a game. But um, yeah, like which which factor do you think is playing a larger role there? Uh, I, I think it's it's the the cost to get off the contract. Um, mm -hmm. I think like the the positive way of spinning it, it is his play. But to your point, um, you know, crunch time has been a problem, and I, I feel yeah. like it hasn't been talked about enough. Like the, the Lakers are thirtieth in in you know clutch net rating. Uh, you know, go to NBA.com and look it up. It's it's pretty. It feels bad. like thirty fifth. They're they're thirtieth in offensive rating. And they're 29th in defensive rating. So like, and the gap between them and 29, I think they're like minus 32.7 and 29 is like minus 24. So like, it's a sizable yeah. gap between them and the second worst crunch time team. And Russ, um, you know, I recently wrote about this for, for the athletic, like he has the second worst crunch time uh, net rating uh, on the team. And the only person that's worse than him is Troy Brown Jr. But, you know, it's like a minus 52 uh, points per hundred possessions with, with yeah. Russ on the floor in crunch time. And now granted, no Laker has a good crunch time net rating. I think the yeah. best is Thomas Bryan at like minus 20. So everyone's in the negative, but Russ has a, a sizable gap between him and like the third worst one. And it's just, you know, I think that the proof is in the pudding where you, you saw like down the stretch of that Boston game, you know, smart team, you know, smart teams don't defend Russ at the three point line yep. or, or really beyond 16 feet really smart teams put a center on Russ and, and yep. just say, Hey, we're going to have this guy as like a free safety roaming around, messing up driving lanes, messing up pick and rolls, messing up 80 post-ups. And you really saw that I think down the stretch of the Boston game. And I think that really the only way for the Lakers to adjust is doing what they did against Washington, which is just not playing him in crunch time. Like you, you just really can't afford to do that with the way teams are able to just completely ignore him and, and just muck up. The, the Lakers crunch time offense. And, and I yeah, think they, that bleeds into their defense. And like you, you see the turnovers and, and the, just the, the bad misses that lead to, to fast breaks. And, and like, it's just, it, it's ugly on both ends. And um, it's not only Russ, you know, I, I think no. LeBron's shot selection, I think AD being more aggressive, calling for the ball. Like there are other factors, but really the most glaring one and the one that's just the most easily correctable by just not playing him is Russ. And um, so I think for the Lakers, like, I think the, the, the positive way they, they want to try to look at it is like, well, well, Russ is playing better and like six man of the year and, and this and that. But, um, you know, he, he's not living up to the $47 million contract, right? Like it's just, yeah. he, he's not performing at that level. So uh, 
I think for them, like they don't want to attach two second round, I mean, two first round picks just to get off that and just say like, Hey, we got off the contract, like, but we gave up two first round picks and now we're a 10 seed, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they want to do that, but um, if there is a path for them to not give up a pick or to give up one pick, and especially if it's a protected pick, like I think they would do that in heartbeat. So I think really it's, it's, it's been a game of chicken since the offseason, and it's going to continue to be a game of chicken until that February 9th trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, in some games, the chicken, the two planes just run into each other. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it feels like they just keep doing that. Um, LeBron last night uh, sends out a, a, um, a rap tweet, you know, and, and I, the, I think the more notable one, the more notable LeBron line was when uh, after a game, he was asked about the roster. He was asked about trades. And he said, you're going to have to ask Rob about that. Why aren't you asking Rob about that? According to Mark Medina, he said that, like, he, he you know, again, went back to, that's a question, that's a Rob question. Why aren't you asking that of Rob? And, um, you know, I he signs the extension, and it was framed at the time as the Lakers are going to be willing to do whatever it takes to improve this roster. That hasn't happened and we've seen now a few occasions where LeBron has subtweeted or, you know, sent a subliminal subliminal message um, at a press conference, or in this case, just come out and said, hey, that's that guy's job over there, and he's not talking to you. Um, how, do, how do you feel like, or what have you heard about how LeBron is handling this? Uh, it, it's, it's been frustrated. He seemed most outwardly frustrated at times on the court this season than at any time, certainly in his Lakers tenure. Um, is, have you, have you sensed that wearing thin on him and his camp? A little bit. I, I think he, he's frustrated, but, um, you know, I, as we know, I think this move to, to LA and, and even the extension, I think is not all about basketball and, and not all about winning. Um, you know, I, I think LeBron likes being a Laker. I think he likes being in LA. I think he's liked the way his business has grown off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, him securing that money with, you know, just the uncertainty of look like he, he's gotten injured in, in three of his previous four seasons with the Lakers. He, he suffered yeah. a major injury that, that's caused him to miss, you know, 20 plus games. So I think for him that there was a lot of factors that went into that extension. Um, but I, I do find it interesting because the, there's been some mixed intel on, on kind of, you know, what was promised, what wasn't promised. You know, Rob Palenka alluded to it on, on media day that, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, kind of in charge of, of the end of LeBron's career. And, yep. you know, we're going to look to maximize his window and, and improve the roster and uh, trade the picks if necessary. Uh, but he, he did hedge and, and kind of say, you know, it has to be the right trade. So th- mm-hmm. that that is kind of where it's like the, yeah, the he explained the, the, the step in rule to us. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> but I mean. It's tough because I, I think, like, realistically looking at what's been out there, I think other than the Turner heel trade, like, there hasn't really been a no-brainer. I think at the time, the Kyrie trade was a no-brainer, but that was before things just went entirely yeah. off the rails. Uh, and, and, you know, in retrospect, that kind of worked out for the Lakers, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Even if they would be a better basketball team, I mean, there just would be a lot there with, with that situation. So I, I think, like, there there hasn't really been a, a lot of options. Um Again, like you can make a trade just to make a trade, but I, I really think that the Lakers, like, like an, another, I think, kind of under discussed aspect with this is like 
the Lakers are really good at drafting. And and mm-hmm. like that has been one of their best roster building weapons over the last decade has been their ability to, uh, you know, find these prospects. Like even Max Christie now kind of emerging as a rotation guy uh, as a second round pick. Like Max Christie, Austin Reeves, Taylor Horton Tucker, Alex Caruso, like all these guys who are second round picks or undrafted. Like the Lakers, you know, talent evaluation of young players is at a really high level. And I think like, you know, for, for a team that has already traded some of their picks and, and, and mortgaged a lot of their assets, like, I don't know if they're, they're just willing to fork over, Hey, like, let, let's just give up these two first round picks that like could be lottery picks at the end of the decade or, or, or just yeah. even, even just first round picks, even if it's, you know, we, we've seen Larry Nance and, and Jordan Clark, like just going back like a decade, like they've drafted so well. And I think for them, like, they're, they're probably properly evaluating those picks. Like I, I think if anything, sometimes fans maybe, you know, undervalue just how valuable th- those picks are and, and how you, you, you hear uh, Utah wanting a certain price for, for Boyan Bogdanovich and, and then from the Lakers. And then he goes to Detroit and it's, it's, you know, for, for not a first round. So, yeah. yeah. So I think like, you know, w- with the Lakers that there's always, you know, some, some extra stuff going on. I feel like with negotiations where, where teams kind of know, especially this off season, like, the position they were in and, and asking for more than, than maybe they're asking for from other teams. But um, I, I think it's for, for LeBron. We, we know LeBron's all about winning in, in terms of like, you know, like that's all like he, he doesn't care about picks. He doesn't care about young guys. Like LeBron always wants his, his roster to be in the best position to win now. And I think from that perspective, he is frustrated. And I, I think, you know, the, the lasers comment on opening night and um, <laughs> just even, even in that, um, press conference it was like the next answer he said something about like yeah well you know we know we got a small roster like we got a lot of small lineups out there and like that was even kind of another thing where it was like yeah you just said like i don't want to talk about you know the roster or trades <laughs> but then like the next yeah. thing he kind of takes a shot at the roster <laughs> really quickly it's like so like Lebr- lebron yeah. is calculated we, we know he's he knows that every you know everything he says is is, is calculated to some extent and uh i think he hasn't been shy about letting us know like his frustrations but I also think like he, he, he got a lot of blowback with the rust situation and, yeah. and pushing for that. And I think he's kind of taken a step back where he doesn't, he doesn't want any more blood on his hands with, with you know, mm-hmm. it's like if, if this team's going to make a, a, a trade or, or, you know, make another mistake, you know, like I, I don't want to have my name on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think he, he's kind of playing it more like I'm going to be more behind the scenes and I'm, I'm not going to be applying public pressure because uh, it's just not a good look, and I think it's kind of backfired at times on him. Yeah, I I really think that you know last year I've always said that you know, everybody was kind of the worst version of themselves. I thought Frank coached a bad year and and didn't adjust to the roster that they had. I thought Rob gave him a bad roster. I thought LeBron was his most kind of passive aggressive when the type of leadership that I thought was called for was more kind of hands on. And I think once again we find ourselves in a situation where a more direct approach is kind of necessary. And, and yeah, the shots fired across the bow, like they, they do generate, you know, engagement on Twitter and, and it does become kind of a quick talking point for you and me, but it doesn't kind of resonate in the way that I think it really needs to, if, if actual change is going to come about in, in the way that he appears to want it to. Um, all right. So last thing before we get, get you out of here, uh, you have a basketball over your left shoulder, it looks like. 
Have you ever considered turning it upside down so it's a frowny face? Like, have you? <laughs> I'll do it like, uh, like Woody Woody Page on uh, Around the Horn when he would do stuff with his board. I'll just do like my mood with with, or, with the yes, basketball. Yeah. Like I, I'm in a I'm in a sad mood today, or, or I'm angry. Um, all right, last last actual thing before we get you out of here and and let you plug all of the great work that you've done for the athletic. Again, this is Jovan Buha. You can follow him, follow him at Jovan Buha on all of the uh, social media platforms, as well as find all of his great stuff over there at the athletic. Um, the last thing before we get you out of here, though, you mentioned the the Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn plus a first type of deal. Um, and the thinking there that Aaron and I have talked about pretty often on the hook has been that potentially, you know, once you take that first rounder off of the board, now teams can no longer off now, like they cannot hold out for two first rounders in order to take Russ on. Is that something that you've, you've heard is, is in their thinking or is it more just, no, we need to get, <laughs> we have 37 wings. We need a win or we have 37 guards. We need a wing. I think it's more the latter. I haven't. Mm -hmm. um, I like that theory. Uh, that's the, that's the first time I'm hearing of it. Um, I think it, it does probably help them in, in negotiations. Wow, Jovan doesn't slightly. listen to the show confirmed. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think for for them, they they look at it more from a basketball perspective of just like we we have an imbalanced roster. I, I think honestly, you know, looking at it. With the Patrick Beverly signing and and Dennis Schroeder signing, like I know at the time they, they denied it and have kind of since denied it, but like the thinking was they were going to trade Russell Westbrook and like these yeah. were going to be their their two point guards. And you know, heading into this season, Dennis obviously had shown you know with the Lakers a couple years ago and, and even last year had a bit of a down year, but like had some productive moments. Pat, you know, coming off the, the Minnesota run and, and his play with the Clippers, like had shown to be a starting caliber guy. So like. I don't think they love their point guard rotation, but I think they were like, okay, we can get by with like these two as our point guards. And of course, mm -hmm. any team LeBron's on, he, he's technically going to be the point guard. Uh, so I think they had been anticipating a, a Russell Westbrook trade be, before this point, ultimately pivoted, you know, chose not to do it. And now they just have this uh, mismatched roster where they, they just have so many small guards. And um, yeah. I've written about it. Like the three guard lineups are, are just for the most part, not working. Doing bad. Really, the, the only lineups are working are like Austin, Lonnie, and then a small guard. But but even then, that's like a more traditional, like you're a little small. Those are two like, bigger guards. Yeah, those are two bigger guards. Like you're a little small on, on the wing, but you can kind of get away with that. I, I think with, with just, you know, Austin and Lonnie have obviously been the, their two best backcourt guys. So mm -hmm. um, I think for them, like also looking at the, the, the Pat Kendrick situation, like, I mean, Kendrick has, has basically become unplayable. And yeah. I, I know he had the, the 17 point game against the Suns, but like, he he has a good game every every now and then, often in in blowouts or, or games where not everyone's available. Um, but you know, in, in actual competitive games, like Kendrick is is not really been playable, and uh, you know, Pat has obviously really struggled offensively, and I think is is kind of taken a slight step back defensively. So I think for the Lakers, they also view it as like not only are we balancing out the roster, we're probably taking out our two worst backcourt guys right now. And upgrading the front court, and like so, it's kind of a, a two birds one stone situation where you 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 know, upgrade the back, you know, you you take out the the worst parts of the rotation and, and, and balance the roster. Like it's kind of a no brainer. But I think for them, the, the big thing is going to be the protections, and like I think that they're really going to try to fight for that and and you know 
not give up an unprotected pick. I think it's going to have to be a high level player for that, for them to do that. Like maybe a Bogdanovich, uh, but even mm-hmm. then I, I think they're going to try to protect that pick. So we'll see. Um, I, I think the one thing right now is like, there's a lot of fluidity right now. There aren't a lot of sellers. Like if, yeah. if you look at the trade market right now, it's Houston, Orlando, you know, Detroit, maybe San Antonio. And that's going to change in, in the next few weeks. And, you know, what happens with Washington? What happens with Toronto? What happens with Chicago? Like, do, do those teams pivot and, and say, hey, like, we're underachieving relative to expectations. We're not that good. And we should trade off uh, a Pascal Siakam or OG and an OB. We should trade off a DeMar DeRozan, a Zach Levine. We should trade off a Bradley Beal, a Kyle Kuzma. Like, that I think is, is where things get interesting for the Lakers because I think, uh, you know, all those guys w- would vastly improve the, the starting group and, and just the roster in general. So, that's where you know maybe that the, the two picks come into play and they, they change their stance on on trading Russ or, or kind of the, the the cost of of all that. But I think for the most part, with what's currently out there, and it's it's a lot of bench guys, it's a lot of like fourth or fifth starters. That's where I don't think you're going to see more than a protected pick at most. Yep. All right. Well, uh, again, check out all of his stuff at The Athletic and also follow him on social at Jovan Buha. Anything in particular you want to uh, plug before we get you out of here? Uh, I have my State of the Lakers uh, article going up shortly with, with more stuff on, on the trade situation. Um, and, and that's kind of every 10 games. I look at 10 different storylines uh, over the preceding 10 games. And, and then uh, just at Jovan Buha on TikTok. I've been posting a lot on TikTok, so going to continue to plug that one. Uh, great stuff, man. As always, I really appreciate you carving out uh, a little bit of your time here, given how <laughs> how packed everything is right now between the rumors, between the games, between uh, heading into the holidays. So happy holidays, man. Have a great uh, have a great break. Again, great work covering this team. I always appreciate you hopping on. Thanks, Anthony.